Hello there. Welcome to another episode of NQT and Biscuits, which is a podcast for trainees and NQTs who are entering the first couple of years of the profession. Now, looking back at last week, the last episode, I was so blown away with so much feedback that was given to me, um, a lot of compliments and things that I can work on as well, which is really good because I'm new to all of this. I'm new to the whole editing side of things and adding a bit of music in, a bit of drum roll. I need to get that as well. I need to get a drum roll in. Okay, for those that haven't listened before, hopefully you've checked out the first episode, but this podcast is all about the first couple of years as a trainee or an NQT and my experience, others' experiences, and we're going to have some guests on to talk about advice that we can give to you especially for those trainees who are just going into it this September what an interesting September it will be but it will certainly be an exciting journey for all of you we'll also be touching on the new government guidance as well and talking to Mr Graham who will introduce himself very shortly so hopefully you have got a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and your chosen biscuit We're going to say cake as well, because I made a bit of banana cake. So biscuit or cake today, sit back, relax and enjoy episode two called Do You Remember Your First September? Okay, here we go with episode two. Do you remember your first September? And I'm joined by a very special guest. Very special. My partner in crime. <laughs> and life and love and cake. <laughs> okay, so we have Mr. Graham here with us today. Hello. Wait, say Mr. Graham. I know. Oh, maybe you'll be Mr. Graham one day. I'm normally saying, oi. <laughs> yeah, or, or I can just get a prod. <laughs> okay, so do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, I am the aforementioned Mr. Graham. I am, oh my god, how long have I been teaching now? Well, I've been teaching in the UK, what, this is my fourth year, including PGCE, which I do consider teaching. And then I taught abroad for three years in Thailand and South Korea as well. So, in total, quick maths, seven years I've been teaching. Wow. Ish. I mean, we're halfway through the seventh, but yeah, I feel old and very experienced. What do you teach? English <laughs> and media and drama, believe it or not. Yeah, you've got quite a mix, haven't you? Yeah, I am a bit of a mixed bag, to be honest. Was it just last year that you started teaching media and drama? Yeah, I mean, they were clearly very, very desperate. They chose me and one of my colleagues to teach drama, him because he actually did a degree in it, and me because they said I was dramatic. <laughs> I have no other qualifications. I'll keep them quiet on that. <laughs> but apparently I'm doing a sterling job with the S7, so... <laughs> okay, so, when did you start your, when did you start your training year? Mm, go on, go on. What year? No, you'd have to take four off 20, what, 2016 then, should we say? Yeah. I what, don't know for sure. Okay, what route did you do? I did the PGC. Um, I didn't want to be a teacher, you know, lots of people find it later in life. Um, and I'd had my mid-twenties crisis, I'd gone out to Thailand, uh, I was doing TEFL, and uh, after about six weeks I thought, actually, do you know what, I can do this reasonably well. And so I thought um, I would explore how I would make that a career, and I 
stumbled across the PGC or other people were planning on doing it. Some of them were doing the international PGC. And I kind of didn't delve any further into it. So I didn't know at the time that there was a skit. I didn't know that there was Teach First? Yeah, first. Teach First. Teach Direct? Schools Direct. Schools yeah. Direct, yeah, the other one's a gym. Um, <laughs> and, and so, yeah, so the PGC is the way around. And to be honest, I have no regrets. Uh, the PGC, when I first started it, we had three weeks at university, University of Portsmouth. The course leader was brilliant. Um, and although nothing prepares you for being in a classroom, really, uh, it, it allowed me to sort of start to get some my head around some things. It really helped with the assignments. Um, and we had uni days that really broke up school because I found being in school quite stressful. And so the Fridays that we get to go into uni and be in our own clothes and just sort of talk about how much gin we were feeling the need to put away every night was really therapeutic as much as useful. Okay. Um, well, before we start, when we have to start? start. <laughs> you just talk about I'm going to eat the cake you made. Just to paint a picture here, listeners. John is sat opposite me. Eating, stuffing his face with banana cake. I think it's cake. It's more cake, isn't it? What's that thing on YouTube where people just listen to you eat food? Uh, mukbang, I think. No, GSMR. Oh, no, ASMR. ASMR. Maybe I should get closer to the microphone and just munch. Maybe whisper. Oh, I'm eating banana. <laughs> I don't think they'll pick that up, actually. <laughs> they will. Okay, so we're going to go on to our first September. Now, this can be training year mm-hmm. and or NQT year okay. because... I know training year for you is about 50 years ago, so that may be hard to remember. I'm old. I'm a sugar daddy. So, if we... What, are you going to go with NQT year, September? Mm, I don't remember as far back as the PGC year. I mean, I just mentioned that the uni, the university um, PGC started with three weeks in school. Sorry, in uni. And then they sent you to a school. And in my first week, I did... What was it? Uh, just observations. I don't think I did any actual teaching. Then in the second week, I probably taught one lesson. The yeah. third week, then two or three. And so there was that slow build-up that I don't think you get with schools direct. Am I right? And with your skit, are you in it? For teach first, I know that you, for primary anyway, I think probably the same for secondary, is you get you get your class straight away. Mm. I think the support's meant to be quite good, but I've worked with teach first teachers before, and yeah, it was certainly interesting. I'm glad I didn't do that route. Mm. Like it's that gradual build up, isn't it, of teaching time mixed with those lovely assignments. Yeah, because I taught abroad, I thought it not. I didn't think it would be a doddle, but I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm going to be able to manage this. But it was terrifying. I remember something in front of a British state school classroom for the first time, mm. shaking with nerves, you know, holding my little lesson plan that I'd printed off on paper, and being petrified, you know, my, I could tell my voice was going, I would sweat my forehead, literally, I'd be wiping it from my eyebrows, I'd be running down my fingers, and these kids are staring at me thinking, what a loser, they're <laughs> <laughs> getting ready to file their complaints. So I was, I was terrified, it was like, I, all my experience felt like it counted for nothing. Um, and it took ages before I think I found my personality as yeah, a teacher. It's hard though. Um, it, it is. And I think people need to understand if you haven't gone into doing your PGC yet, you're thinking about it. Fantastic. Yeah. I love it. It's the only job I've ever had that I've loved. And I'm 35. I've had a few now. Um, but it was hard. It was hard psychologically. I mean, I never cried, but I think most people did. I'm just dead inside. Um, I, think I've, I think I've cried once or twice and that was because of Ofsted. Oh my god, yeah, but you had two Ofsteds in in a week or something. Yeah, we'll come on to Ofsted a little bit later on. That'll be fun. 
Um, so, the 1st September... First, well, that was the 1st September of my PGCE. How about your NQT? NQT, yes. See, I was really lucky. This first placement I ever had um, at PGC is now who I have my job with. Yeah. And I was really lucky that at the end of my PGC in that summer term, I had a week or two off after I'd done my final assignment, hooray, and then I had been off my job and I went straight into it with five weeks left of the summer term still to go. So by the time my September did roll round, I was quite comfortable, I was embedded, I didn't know my classes, but I knew the school, I knew the routines, I knew the timings and all of that. Um, and I think that was really, really useful. Mm. Um, and it helped that it's, it's a really lovely school, um, that I will be sorry to leave. Um, so when it got to September itself, the stresses was all about learning kids' names, which I'm really bad at. Um, and well, you've got more children to to learn, haven't mm. you? Some more names to learn. Well, yeah, you have primary. You have twenty six or twenty six thirty or whatever for the whole year. Whereas how many do you teach? Oh my god! Well, I have what five English classes, two media classes, and drama class. At the moment, yeah. So I would have had less because you have your reduced time to have NQT. And I wasn't doing media then and I wasn't doing drama. But that's still, I think I had every year group. And I was given year 11 straight away, which yeah. you don't normally get in your NQT year. Um, and it wasn't because they thought I could handle it. <laughs> Just, they really needed it. They were desperate. Um, but although it was a real baptism of fire... I loved it. They were, yeah. I mean, they were bottom set, set five, half a class, so there's only about 13, 14 of them. Um, you know, they're all taller than me, all bigger than me, all with deeper voices than I do. Um, but eventually I won them round, we got on really well, and you know, most of them passed. Yeah. Um, but that, by the end of the year, I felt really good, and I felt like I could see my achievement, I could see how I'd grown. Um, and there's this completely different relationship at the top end of the school with the kids at the bottom. Yeah. So I'm really glad I had that, actually, even though I was terrified mm. at first. So with your timetable, because as an NQT, well, primary, you're just teaching all the time. You have your NQT time sometimes, not all the time. Mm. But how does it work with secondary? So you get free period. Well, free period, that's t- I'd be so told off if I called them free periods. I think it's something <laughs> like self-directed study time or something really fancy. Um, I just use them to print. and uh, Sometimes I just use them for a breather, which, I, again, I don't think is what you're supposed to do. They really wanted us to use those to go and observe other teachers. Yeah, and to be fair, once you're really up and running as a teacher, you're quite experienced, finding the time to watch other people teach, mm. you will not find it ever. So I do advise, if you can, in your NQT year, take the time to observe other people. I would prefer to observe people in my department because I can just steal the lesson. I'm yeah. literally there watching the whole thing, noting down every word they say and then trying to replicate it. Yeah. Um, I have observed people in other lessons and although that wasn't as useful, what it was good for is if they are teaching students that you teach in your subject, but tricky students, to see how they handle them because that I did need um, just to see, okay, maybe I could try being like that. I yeah. could, oh, this tactic works with them, whereas everything I've done hasn't. So I didn't value it as much, but it was still useful. Especially, there was always one day, it was in my PGT actually, and I had was just assigned a student, and I had to track them all day and go to every lesson that they went to. Um, I mean, the first one didn't get told, so they just thought I was a crazy stalker man. Um, <laughs> but the act of doing every lesson a kid does, you realise how tiring it is for them, how exhausting mm. it is, and how much they're expected to just shift 
between one lesson one and lesson two yeah. from maths brain to science brain it's really hard and actually I had a really renewed sense of sympathy for them and also you know a boring lesson when you're watching it whereas when you're teaching it you might not um, and there were there were a lot of dull lessons or I just found myself wondering what was too hot and because you're not up at the front of the classroom mm. I was like oh my god I really know why they tune out why they stare out the window why they talk why they mess around because I would if I was the student. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, workload. So how was... I know it obviously probably got better as the year went on. Mm. But I know you now still working really well. Yeah, I mean, I think being a teacher, the workload is crippling. There's just no... Did you, did you find a difference it from autumn term to spring term? Because I found, I found that, as you know, autumn term was so mm. difficult and long. long. So when the shift happens to spring term, did you find that you were finishing earlier or...? What I had to do is start being strict with myself. As a, my problem is I like to be a perfectionist mm. and I procrastinate and they're not good bedfellows, those two things. So um, I always describe myself as sort of a metaphor of a goldfish. You know the whole idea is if you put a goldfish in a small pond, it stays small. Yeah. Put a goldfish in a big pond, it gets big. I always thought that's how I approached workload. Um, and because I don't have kids, I wasn't living with a partner, yeah. um, I could go home and just keep working. So I would fill all my time with work. And what I didn't try to do was to cut back on work so that I make time for myself. Yeah. Which is why I had no work-life balance. Whereas other people that are trained with me at the same time as me were doing better at that. So I think a lot of it comes down to being self-disciplined and not indulging work. Yeah. The other thing was... It's a cliche, but don't reinvent the wheel. If there are lessons on the system, you will need to use them. Even if they're not as good as a lesson you could put together in four hours, you haven't got four hours to do every lesson. In your PGCE, you did. As uh, an NQT, you won't, because you've almost got a full timetable, and you need to make use of other people's lessons. Share your work with other teachers, and don't be ashamed of asking other teachers, have you got a lesson for this? Have you taught yeah. it already? Can I borrow that? Seriously, it's the only way you'll keep your head above water. So lose the shame, um, and don't try and be a hero. Yeah. Um, and also, not every lesson can be an outstanding lesson. Yeah. Don't try to do an Ofsted quality lesson every lesson. Aim for, I mean, the advice I got from my course tutor was aim for one outstanding lesson a week. You'll see these kids two, three to five times a week. The rest, keep them consistent and really, really good. Mm. But um, don't expect everyone to be a, a real winner because it's just not possible. And you'll run yourself into the ground if you try. It's really hard though, isn't it? I think, especially when you first start your NQT year, because you, you sort of want to... So with your training year, you get graded. And for example, if you get graded outstanding in training mode to put it like that and then you're judged completely differently in your NQT year so then you get observed and there's so much more pressure even in your NQT year um, so you can't really compare how you're judged so you go into your NQT year thinking oh, I'm gonna absolutely smash this mm -hmm. and I'm gonna do everything for my class but like you said it's it's impossible to be a hero all the time and I don't think leadership would want you to be a hero no that's, that's not what you're there for is it? if you're in a good school they will recognize that i mean when i started in my school they didn't come and observe me for a couple of weeks because they knew yeah. i needed to find my feet and i really really appreciated that there's another school in my trust uh, and some of my friends who i trained with and they went to work there and they were being observed by senior leadership 
head of the school, head of the trust in week one and two. And that was wow. terrifying, really unnecessary pressure. Um, and so it really will depend on the school you've got, the experience you have. And I think they, that varies wildly. Um, but I just think go easy on yourself to yeah. start with. Take your time to find your feet. You will have bad lessons. Go and cry in the station cupboard if you want to, if that's how you can mm. you know, release and get over that. Um, do whatever you have to because there are going to be bad days, but don't ever give up because it always gets better. If you've got through your PGC, you will get through the whole career as a teacher. In fact, I think if you've got in your PGCA up to Christmas, you survive that autumn term of your PGCE, you will survive being a teacher because mm. you know you can do it at that point. Um, and you do get quicker at making lessons. And I've gone from making you know, gorgeous, if I may say so myself, PowerPoints. <laughs> I've seen which them. I wow, still, nice. I, but I do, I do that for pleasure, which is really sad and geeky. But <laughs> I have learned that I can't do that all the time. Not every lesson can look like something that you'd pay a graphics designer to do. And actually, it's not... Because I think um, my head at my school says the greatest resource is you. Absolutely. And I think those PowerPoints and everything can, those sorts of resources can really help children because that's what they're used to looking at a screen and they sort of engage with it more mm. than a worksheet. Um, but I definitely think you can, like you said, don't reinvent the wheel. It doesn't mean you need to quickly make a new resource. Actually, just modify your teaching somehow just, yeah you know, do a different way of teaching and that's why some, I get frustrated you know, sometimes it's not fashionable to talk too much as a yeah. teacher you need to students need to discover things for themselves and there should always be an element of that but at the yeah. same time like you said you are the best resource yeah. that will ever be in that classroom so don't be afraid to be yourself to talk um, yeah. And to make you know, make sure they're listening, be engaging, uh, have something to uh, whether it's a PowerPoint or uh, posters on the walls or a video to break things up. But don't be afraid just to impart your knowledge. As long as you're not always lecturing at them every day, yeah. um, there is nothing better than you in that room. Uh, and I think sometimes teaching fashions and teaching trends can forget that. Right. Let's move on to. So I know how well you did during Offset. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, this I is when he plays his own trumpet, the whole brass. Oh no, this is where I need to take the cap off my head. So big. I mean, in fairness, Offset is always down to the school, and in fairness, anything I did well as a teacher is because my school made me really, really, really good. No, um, <laughs> when Offset came in, when did they come in? Um, well, they came. I, one of the schools I trained in, they came in, and uh, obviously as a PGC, we're not supposed to be part of that, yeah. so I had to be an observer, Yeah. but I saw the stress, I mean, they performed very, very well, very professionally, I don't know what the result was, but I could see the panic, the blind fear, and I think that's forgivable in everyone, Ofsted is demonic mm. in that respect. Um, at my school when I was uh, an NQ2, no, was it last year? So I was supposed to be an NQ2 plus one. Or plus yeah, two. I can't remember. Say. Something like yeah. that. Um, officer came in and the school had been expecting it, so we were prepared for it. Uh, so we did the whole night before, okay, no one's going home until the sun has set. Um, let's order pizza. And we were put into little teams, okay, what are we going to teach? Year seven, what are we going to teach year eight, year nine? And our school decided that each uh, teacher would, all the year 10 teachers would teach the same thing. 
which is great because then we could pull out a lesson that would already be made, uh, maybe finesse it because obviously you do want to put your best foot forward. Yeah. And um, and then we were all knew that we had lessons that we could be confident yeah. in teaching. However, it, there's nothing like that feeling of the knock on your door no. opening, your head coming on, or someone from SLT, and a couple of very, very friendly offset inspectors. And one of them I was teaching, was it year eight? He was teaching Shakespeare, and they weren't in for long. Uh, the lady just went to the back, listened to me, and there was this urge sometimes to say, oh, okay, suddenly I have to start getting the students to, to produce yeah. the work. But in the moment the lady came in, it was my turn to talk. And I yeah. just said about don't be afraid of talking. And so I was talking, I think, about the Globe Theatre and what various bits meant. Um, and she left. Not a child hadn't said anything. It had just been me the entire yeah. time. But she liked what she heard. There was a PowerPoint on the board. They had their books open. There was work in their books. They'd already done something. It's not like I'd done 40 minutes. And it had just been me. And she could tell that. Yeah. Um, and so... I think often do appreciate teachers being confident enough to talk sometimes and have something worth saying. Yeah. Um, and so she was complimentary after that. And then um, there she came, same woman actually, she came in on my year 11. Yeah. No, it was, was it year 11? No, I think it was a year 11 support group. So students I only saw once a week. And because there was a group of about three or four kids, we were just sat around a table. I didn't need to be at the front with anything on the board. And we were just talking about the work. They pitched in, I pitched in. It was really, not unplanned, but really casual. But you can do that with older students. Yeah. Um, and she decided it was something called a Socratic circle. And that it was, uh, she was very, very, very complimentary. But most of it was an accidental win. But I think it's because... You know what you're doing as a teacher, exactly. and like you have, have faith. Situation. And actually, you can just sit there and, and with students of age, talk about the work, be relaxed, keep it on track. And also, I think what was really important is I learned that the kids are on your side. Yeah, they are not trying to throw you onto the bus when Ofsted come in. No. They Ofsted come in, and I mean, I am at a a good school with good behaviours, so maybe my experience isn't like everyone's, but they didn't want to F it up for me. They were yeah. there, so they talked about the work, they maybe talked more than they normally would, and actually, that's one of the fears I think a lot of teachers have, yeah. that kids are going to be naughty, misbehave, um, purposely be disruptive, and they weren't. They actually took pride in the school, wanted the school to do well, and I think, because I do try to get my students to like me, it's respect as well but I've, I've always been on their side yeah and I think that helped in them being there for me when it was Ofsted yeah I think it's like for you I had a complete opposite experience <laughs> <laughs> what was yours remind me which one the first time they came or when they came back two weeks later so basically they came twice within five weeks um, and that was down to lack of evidence that was recorded by the Ofsted inspectors so it wasn't the school's fault we, we had the judgment of good uh, from the first inspection. They were lovely inspectors the first, first lot, but the first time round, my children, who my classes has quite a few um, challenging behaviours in it, let's That's just say that. Politically correct. Um, and they knew straight away that there were other people in the building. And some of uh, my boys who I call One Direction, who do display that challenging behaviour, <laughs> who I completely adore, but they just, they did the opposite of what mm. your children did. And 
I think they they see the classroom as such a precious environment to them and such a safe space. And they rely on the routine and security, and that does get disrupted when you've got visitors. Yeah, so um, I remember I was teaching maths, and then a fight broke out in the class. I had to improvise the maths lesson, take them outside while... So tables were flipped and all that sort of stuff. Oh my God, which is the nightmare. So I took them outside. We were doing maths, we were doing them negative numbers. So I had to like, right, how can I make negative numbers exciting? So I got them drawing thermometers on the playground and then going around and giving them reasoning questions about negative numbers on the thermometer. Um, and then the officer lady came out with the maths lead straight after the, the uh, incident. So... I just and that I did cry that day oh, in, yeah. in the head's office. I remember hearing. Um, and then so we got the good, and then they came a second time. Two women that were much. Um, I think they really wanted us to uh, show everything that we've got. Which this was the last week of autumn term. Which is where you, you would be winding down. And, and normally they oh, don't. I, sh- I swear, normally they don't inspect. No, thing. they don't. But I think, I th- even though they were quite tough, I think they were ultimately on our side to try and get that good. That's it. Get your tea. It's probably gone cold. Now. No, no, no. It's just like in the morning. I like it lukewarm. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you're in NQT waiting for Ofsted, or next year you do get Ofsted in your NQT year, um, like John said, just try and stay relaxed as possible and just be natural, be yourself. The reason you've got an NQT position is because the school has faith in you Absolutely. to do your best and achieve with those children. Things may go wrong, but you will know in that moment exactly what to do to keep them safe and to, I don't know, keep that lesson interesting. And somehow. what you did brilliantly in both your officer inspections was respond to the needs of the students in that moment. You had to go completely off plan didn't you? You know, the thermometers and things. Yeah. And you came up with stuff, um, you know, they were outside, kids had misbehaved, you had to send people out, there was all sorts going on. And that would have, so that would have broken me, I think. But it was about that whole, you know, stay calm, carry on. But you did. And the woman that was observing the officer inspector, she was full of praise for you, wasn't she? Yeah. Um, but like you, like anybody in when they're in sort of a negative experience, you don't listen to that compliment mm. or those compliments straight away. You you ignore them and you go straight to the negatives um, to try and reflect on what you could have done better. And I think that's part of being a teacher. You know, we're all really self-critical, aren't we? Yeah. And we all tend to look at the negatives. And I think one thing that I really would recommend is PGC, NQT. Yeah. Take the positives first. And any good mentor will start with the positives. Um, I mean, they say it's a bit of a sandwich, don't they? And that they're going to cushion the harsh reality between two niceties. But they really should always lead and close with good feedback. And when you ever look at yourself, you should always start with the things that you're doing right. Because I bet you're doing more things right than you're doing wrong, no yeah. matter how early on in the year it is. Yeah, absolutely. Right, okay. This is a section called Let's Spill the Tea. And... You're quite clumsy, so please so don't spill the tea. That's why I waited for it to cool down a bit. <laughs> okay, so let's spill the tea. So these are some questions that I've got some from some followers and some questions that I've come up with specifically for you. Oh. Not personal, don't worry. Well, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why English? Why, why, why teach English? Um, 
I love books. As you know, my Amazon basket is full. I've always loved books, and it's something that I could rabbit on about and share my passion for like no other subject. Yeah. But also, because I really like art as well, but I didn't want to art because I always wanted to keep art as something that I did as a hobby. I, and there's the danger that teaching something with all the problems of the British curriculum that does squeeze the life out of some aspects of your subject area. And I just, I was too precious about art. And so English was the other one that I would have done. I mean, I could have done history, but I didn't. I didn't even do a GCSE in history, even though I don't know. So it could only ever be English. I did in English at university, English literature. So it felt right when I was teaching abroad, it was teaching English as a foreign language. So actually, it made perfect sense. And um, I love Key Stage 3 stuff because it's not myths and legends. There's still, the, you know, in primary school, some of your yeah. topics are fun. Whereas GCSEs does squeeze the joy out of certain texts. But on the flip side, you get to GCC and you can talk about things in real detail. So, you know, teaching Romeo and Juliet. And you can talk about the fact that Juliet is just 14. You know, yeah. She's having sex. They're, they're getting together. And the shock of the students, they're like, hang on, this isn't what... We did Romeo and Juliet at primary school. Yeah. We didn't learn this. And, you know, English is just sex and death. Uh, and you can't teach them that in year seven. But, you know, the older years, you can. So I, it really... Both sides of it for English was just the perfect choice for me. Lovely. Good answer. Oh, very good at this. I think I need you every week, actually. I think your listeners would disagree. They might oh, I, don't I don't know. I think I talk too much. No. I do as well. Very good. You can pan this episode out. Okay. Uh, nice and positive. Proudest moment or moments? Proudest moment was... Oh, one of them would be when I had that first year NQT and I had yeah. year 11s and I went in for results day. Yeah. And that, for a secondary school teacher, is when the whole year, that agonising year and the frustration with students who never work as hard as they could ever and students never work as hard as you do and that feels really unrewarding. You think, yeah. why am I working harder than you? It's your blooming grade. And then you go in and they get their little brand envelope and they open it with their friends, but then they walk up to you and they, you can see how emotional they are. And it's a beautiful thing. And you think, well, you did nothing this year. I got that grade. I, you know, I've got kids targeted to fail and they might get a five. But I think, well, that's all me. That's yeah. not you. And, uh, and it's lovely because it, it's suddenly all worth it. So I'm really sad that this year I won't get my year 11s having a result. So in the same way, I've had to decide their grade for them and then it gets standardised. So it's not as same as the pleasure and pain of having an exam, but then knowing that you've earned that grade properly. Mm. So that's perhaps the proudest moment, I think, for any secondary teacher any time throughout the year. Or there was actually one moment when the year 11s this year were told... Because Michael Gove, or no, not Michael Gove, how old, out of date am I? Who's our education secretary now? I've forgotten. Oh, um... We'll never like them. He's rubbish, whoever he is. They're all rubbish. Um, when he announced... Schools oh, Gavin Williamson, that's, that's the chap. And then the next day, we uh, all went into school, and the year 11's there. And it was like shock. Like, there had been a tragedy, and they yeah. didn't know how to react. Couldn't get their emotions out. I mean, they wrote all over my walls and ceilings, so they've got something up. Um, and one kid came in. I taught him in year nine, 
Benavis is year 11, and he'd been taken out of school by his mum to homeschool, and he'd taken his GCSE English a year early, and had got a level 9. Wow. And he came into school with a chocolate limp bunny, and he, just for me, brought it to me and said, you were always an inspiration, so I brought this to you. And I was so shocked and emotional, I couldn't even respond properly and say, oh, I remember you, you were fab, this, that, and the other. Um, it was quite overwhelming, actually, and they're not usually ones for showing gratitude throughout the year, but at the end, when they say, actually, you were the best teacher, not because you were the most fun or because you were the most um, relaxed, but because you got me through, that's, that's fabulous. And when they're that much older than primary, um, you, it really comes from the heart from them, doesn't it? Because yeah. they're sort of mini-adults anyway. I yeah, mean, they, I, I have made mini-adults, trust me, but when they're six, 15, 16, yeah. they're, they're forming into those young adults. Probably. Yeah, and they've got opinions and beliefs, and they un- they've just <laughs> understood the value of education. I think it comes in the last week of their education. Yeah. Um, but they do, and that gratitude is real, and you forgive them all the trials and tribulations of the last five years, I know. mostly. Classroom management. <laughs> Here we go. No, this is not my forte. So, I'll give you an example. I do three, two, I don't need to get to one. So they know. <laughs> don't laugh. Mine don't get anyone. I, I okay, so for example, what do you use in terms of classroom management? Okay, I'm quite famous. I have in my classroom, for some reason, this really like performing booming voice. So I go, um, three, two, and silence, year eight, on one. And then I have a really loud clap. And it scares the living daylights out of them. And our walls are really, really thin, and everyone in the corridor hears me. And so now, whenever they see me, they will go, year seven, or whatever, and take the mick out of me. Um, But I do feel the need to just project over them. It's a really small class, I don't know why. And, you know, I can get to one, zero, the clap, and it's still not quiet. (laughs) Um, so I haven't perfected that, but what I was really glad to learn, and I don't think you should ever be afraid of it, is just stand there and do nothing. Yeah. Observe. You did this really well. Didn't you tell me one time that you stood there, did nothing, and eventually they come on, then you started writing on the board or typing something. What was that? Yeah, so sometimes I will go, um, I will go quiet, I won't say anything, and I'll bring up smart board, you know, on the, um, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. the computer, and I will start typing. And I'll normally, I'll um, hand out leaves, which is our behaviour reward system, mm-hmm. our positive behaviour reward system. We don't have a negative one. Uh, so I'll put leaves up for those children showing the correct learning behaviours. Or I will um, write on there, for example, I, I'm still waiting, or um, different things. And they respond to it very quickly. Mm. And actually they, could, they see sometimes that I'm upset. And... There's so many things about, oh, you know, you shouldn't show your true emotions as a teacher and you shouldn't, you should try and act positive all the time. And I get that positive praise and trying to be that, that uh, strong person in those children's lives. But they need to realise if they annoy you yeah. and upset you because that's how you build relationships. And a little honestly. bit of emotional blackmail goes a long way, let's be honest. <laughs> You can cut that bit. (laughs) Honestly, everything's bribing in teaching, isn't it? Yeah, because at the end of the day, let's hope no kids listen to this, because you have no power or authority at all. It is all an illusion that you have to create. 
because ultimately, what can you do? We can't cane them. I wouldn't advocate it if we were allowed. You can't slipper them. You can't get the meter rule out like they used to when I was at school. You know, they used to throw things at us. Um, you can't be physically aggressive and intimidating. All those techniques that teachers have been using for thousands of years, we don't have those now. And so it all kind of hinges on your personality and charisma. So you kind of have to, on the one hand, be fascinating enough that they want to watch you. Yeah. Um, but also, the, the play of emotion is really important. And it's been fascinating hearing your stories over the years of the emotional intelligence that some of your kids have, actually, and how protective some of them get of you when they sense that you're not happy. Yeah. And how they then, your, some of your kids become your allies in your classroom. And yeah. for students so young, that, that's fascinating, but also really heartwarming that they've, they've got your back. So, you know, they might be little little pains, <laughs> trying to choose my words carefully, um, but when they realise that they've overset the mark, it's actually really rewarding, really refreshing when you see, oh, they know, they've checked themselves. And I think, isn't that part of growing? Isn't that part, the part of teaching them more than just your subject? Yeah. To be emotionally intelligent and to respond to the moment. Um, I mean, there's like, I can name you plenty of adults who aren't very good at that. So to exactly. bring that up after your children is fabulous. Yeah, emotional intelligence is a really good point to make, actually. And we do a lot about that in some of our lessons that we do. And I think that for our children, you sort of weigh up the bigger picture. What do they need to know? Do they need to know front of verbials in one lesson? Mm. Uh, is this, you know, is, is there such pressure on that? Or actually, is it about them being able to talk about something you're interested in? For some of our children who have not got the uh, proper, de- properly developed speech and language, and or that they can't speak about their emotions, and, and that's the bigger picture, actually. And actually, that's such a good point, especially because this is all about NQT, yeah? One of the greatest things about being NQT is that you're not being observed every single lesson. Yeah. And therefore, you can, you can go off on a tangent. And although you don't want to go off on tangent too much, we all have been in classrooms ourselves and we all know when you try to distract a teacher because it's more entertaining than the work. But sometimes you've got to remember we're not just there to teach them a subject, we're there to create valuable members of society and grow adults. And sometimes there are other things that you can give them beyond just that knowledge of English, maths, history, um, whether it's a bit of cultural capital, telling them about part of the world, because you know we forget they are not always as well travelled as we are, or they don't read the books that we do, they don't watch the films that we do. Um, so sometimes you've got to plug a lot of gaps, and that might 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 mean just taking the time to get distracted for a bit. And in your NQT year, you have that luxury. As long as you overall still cover everything off, yeah. no one will know, Ofsted aren't going to see, because you don't do it in an Ofsted lesson. Um, but you can afford that. And I think that's really, really important. Okay. So, last little bit. <gasps> Any other top tips for trainees or NQTs who... I mean, this is a really weird time that we're in, and... Obviously, there's new guidance coming out. So what would you say in terms of preparation? What can they do uh, for September? What September next year? If, yeah. Okay. Um, if you are a shy person, practice asking for help, but also making it known if something's not acceptable or, yeah. worse, or it's not okay. Um, I've always gone about being, wanting to be liked, 
and I've made it my business to be friendly, non-confrontational, really easy to work with. And that's great yeah. because people want to share their resources with me um, and are more than happy to forgive me if I'm not putting my weight one day. Um, being nice, being liked by your department gets you a long way. But at the same time, I also learned that there were some moments last year and in my year when I was livid with something. Yeah. Because I believe the school weren't doing it right or because I believe that the... Um, often it's frustrations with how you think SLT are yeah. going. And sometimes they're founded, sometimes they're not. Um, and I did have a couple of mini explosions in the year. And sometimes it was firing off an email. Mm-hmm. They always say never email when angry. It's as true in relationships as it is in, in the classroom. Um, but... Sometimes I would get really passionate about something. It reminded me how much I cared about the students because it was always coming down to the students. Yeah. And I think the fact that I'd earned a lot of um, goodwill from SLT and the other staff members meant that I was forgiven because I wasn't always appropriate. I wasn't always <laughs> professional. Um, but I think because I was not confrontational you know some people are really hard to work with some people are demanding all the time and so they knew that when I had an explosion it meant something yeah it meant something it was either because maybe I was right or maybe I'm really overworked and we need to support him yeah and my school both times responded really really well yeah um so I'd say don't be afraid to make your voice heard just because you're an NQT it doesn't mean what you have to say isn't valuable and it doesn't mean that actually, just because you don't have as much experience as someone else, it doesn't mean you're not right. Um, but do earn goodwill. Not just from your department, earn goodwill from the kitchen staff. You know about that. I do. Make friends with the kitchen staff because if you... I bring a sandwich to school every day, but I do sneak in for a cheeky dessert. You love the cake. Only if it's cake or brownie, not if it's um, ice cream, something liquidy, because I don't really see the point. <laughs> yeah, who wants to drink? Um, and the other people to make friends with are the... Oh, my God, I can't Sight remember. team. Sight yeah. team. Because you will need your... Um, projector and like realigning you will need a clock replacing something repainting maybe you hate your whiteboard and you need some changing if they like you they will do it for you if you haven't made an effort with them say goodbye to that projector <laughs> it's so so true so it's all about being strategic with who your friends are <laughs> perfect well thank you so much it's my pleasure it's been lovely um, especially the cake and the tea I feel very well catered for well, luckily it's called Inky Team Biscuits. Inky Team Banana Cake next week. Yeah. Well, we, I did say either biscuit or banana... Um, not banana cake. Biscuit or cake is absolutely fine. So, that is the second episode done. I think I need to get you in every week, actually. No, that's not me. Oh, please. <laughs> we'll see what the response is. We'll see how many people I get him out. Yeah, there'll be a process and they'll take it to government or something. Oh, well, government got nothing else on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... The next episode of this podcast, little drum roll. That was meant to be a drum roll. Well, I've tried to add one in, so hopefully I can find one. But if not, John is tapping on the lounge. John is my coordinator, so it might just sound like a, like a couple of monkeys in a drum It is called The Call. To the church. <laughs> Are we all becoming priests next week? Um, so next week is all about Ofsted. So I know we've spoken about it this week, but I want to hear from lots of you about your experiences and opinions because I do know that there will be lots of opinions about Ofsted mm. and uh, all their policies and the new framework which they brought in which 
Um, we my school was judged under. Oh, we haven't been. We were on the old one, the very last moment. Yeah, you were. So next week will be all about that. Please send in uh, any stories, any questions for us. I'm going to say us because you might be here. Let's face it. Well, I'll be around. Won't I? <laughs> <laughs> we're in lockdown. <laughs> so hope you've enjoyed your tea and your biscuit slash cake. 